0: Hey guys, I'm Danny
1: and I'm EJ and this is the Your Living Proof podcast
0: where we talk about addiction and how it affects the family from the brutal to the beautiful and everything in between.
1: Hey you guys, we are back with podcast number 44. That's right. We took a little tiny break while well, well, everybody out did of school everyone's life went yeah. a little bit out of control for a minute, but we're, we're handling it now. We're, we're in a good groove.
0: June comes, kids are out of school. Everyone gets slapped in the face and things are just kind of a little discombobulated for a minute,
1: but it's, it's good. I'm the best loving our new pace. I just want to quickly, uh, introduce ourselves to anybody that's brand new to the podcast. We are Danny and EJ. We have been married for 14 years. We have three kids, 21 chickens Yes, and one cat that Danny does not love.
0: Hey, on that note, anyone who knew me growing up, my childhood friends, if we were playing a trivia game. Hey guys, in 20 years, would Danny most likely be A a cat owner or B in jail. end up incarcerated? It would have been unanimous. Oh, Danny's getting locked up for sure.
1: You had both, to do both. Both having. Fine. Okay. Our wedding song was God Bless the Broken Road and I just want to say he really did um and if you don't know our stories um i had placed a son for adoption and gone through a divorce before meeting danny um who was only just barely one year sober when i met him um danny had an addiction to opiates which pr- progressed as all addictions do and to heroin, pornography and just about everything else he had this for about 8 years became homeless went to jail 15 years later he's just about the best guy you'll ever meet And together, we decided to use our experiences to help others. We started Living Proof Recovery Services to help families who are living their worst nightmare with someone they love who is lost in addiction. We created online courses specifically to help those families. You can check those out on our website, yourlivingproof.com. You can also get to know us and find out more about what we do on Instagram, of course, at yourlivingproof. The other half of what we do and what we are super passionate about is prevention. We created a workshop called Raising Kids in Combat that we do with Smith Alley from Live Life Bigger um, because we like to be on the other side. Um, We are constantly working in triage and we want to help all the families learn how to play offense with all of the things that are taking kids and families out. Uh, We help parents know how to parent in the digital era because It is an entirely new rodeo, even from just 10 years ago. And if you want to learn more about these workshops, um, make sure you're signed up for our newsletter, which you can do on our website and then at yourlivingproof.com. And also just make sure you're following us on Instagram.
0: Thank you for that introduction. And for those of you who don't know my wife, she's gorgeous. She's also sassy. She keeps me in check just about every (laughs) hour of the day. So
1: Somebody has those to.
0: of you who know her, you know her already are laughing because she does. She just did like right before we started recording this podcast.
1: <laughs> it's so. a really hard job. Full time. Full time.
0: It is. No holidays. Yeah. Gosh, it's, it's like, intimidating it's sometimes. Like being a mom. Okay. We got an awesome topic today. Um, in that introduction, there's a part there that you shared though. You just said the best guy, about the best guy I know. I, I'm going save kind of, that.
1: I like him. I you, like you. Oh, I wow.
0: do. It's nice to hear. You're amazing. Anyone who's married knows that you don't always get to hear those things. (laughs) So it is nice once in a while, but the topic today is a powerful topic. I'm hoping that it's one that will help edify or strengthen the person going through this because yes, we do work with people who have a loved one struggling with addiction. I have gone through certifications to do what I do. But more importantly, most importantly, where I've learned the most is going through it myself. What I learned, what my family learned going through this process over 15 years ago. I've worked with a lot of families and every single one of them have a different story. Okay. They all have a different story that leads up to where they're at now, but they all have one thing in common. Every single family is held up, stuck, held hostage, whatever it is, right? They're stuck in a rut for quite some time while their loved one's addiction progresses. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about the magical day that, that never comes. Yeah. That's the topic. Waiting on a magical day that never comes, which is the one thing that every single family has in common. But before we get into that topic, I have to share one personal story that's a little bit funny. A lot of these topics are heavy, so we have to have something funny. There's actually two, but this was two days ago. We were on a little vacation up at a little ranch in Wyoming. Our family ranch. We would love it. Anyway, my wife and I got into an argument. Believe it or not. You know, we got into an argument. <laughs> Even
1: though he's like the best guy.
0: She was really upset with me. I was pretty upset with her. Okay, we won't get into that. We worked through it. It's just normal life. Here's the best part. The next this morning, is the best part. she wanted to be mad at me. But she goes... Well, she still was being mad at me, giving me the cold shoulder, but then came and told me about a sexual dream she had about me. I said, I th- can't,
1: I'm i so frustrated because I want to be so mad at you, but I actually had like a sex dream about you last night, which is so frustrating.
0: Yeah. You know, she says that, you. you know what happens to any guy? You're just like, oh yeah. All of a sudden I was a foot taller. <laughs> I was smiling from ear to ear. I was like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Cause sometimes, most often, it's the other way around, and this time it was nice to hear. So even though I knew she was mad at me, and I was worried about how to navigate through walking on eggshells around her, at least she was dreaming about me in her subconscious, here's the funny part: we did, we just ended at that. Our kids came back in, da da da. We're driving home from the trip, and and so I said, "You got to tell me about this dream," and she looks in the back seat, and the kids <clears throat> are watching a movie. So she figures, okay, I could probably tell you a little bit, something they're glued to the television or to the movie. And she goes, okay, so I had this dream about you and she was trying to make sure that she used good words in case the kids caught wind of anything. And what did you say?
1: I said, well, it was a really intimate dream.
0: She got to that point only. She's like, well, it was a real intimate dream. And my, Seven-year-old daughter, hey, mom, what does intimate mean? <laughs> totally interrupted. I didn't even get to hear the rest of it. And it was hilarious because we're like, well, our kids, even when we think they're glued to a movie.
1: They're always listening, you guys. Gosh, your it's kids scary. kids are always listening. Is it is scary. scary. But it's incredible, too.
0: The other parenting humor is, and I don't know if any of you are out there listening, your grandkids, your kids, nieces or nephews have gone through this phase. And it's one that I don't know if I'm supposed to punch my kids or I'm supposed to laugh with them, but my <laughs> boys are nine and eleven right now, and they keep saying this phrase over and over. I don't know where they saw it. Like it I know it must That's have been at why, school or something. Like Who knows nowadays? They probably heard it at church, for all I know. But after every phrase, after everything they say, they're like these nuts. <laughs> and, and so, like are. I've I've found myself getting ear like really mad like you know better we've talking you better like inside I'm you like, don't
1: say that why would you ever
0: say that that's like an embarrassment on me and then the other part of me is like
1: that's the, hilarious the kid
0: inside of me is laughing <laughs> so i go and ask my son i'm like where did you hear that he's like if i tell you where i heard am i going to be in trouble i was like no you know that so he i lean down and he whispers in my ear these nuts <laughs>
1: <laughs> what options do you have but to laugh at this point I I, I
0: I did what was i felt was the best thing i didn't laugh and i didn't get mad i just <laughs> looked at him and walked away i can't support this you can't son condone but it, I, yeah but it's so crazy we'll laugh parenting is time. tough it is tough it is so everybody i i work with i i say the same phrase to everybody and if you've heard this i'm sorry that you have to hear it again when I start working closely with a family who has a loved one that's in it, they are in it. Their life is in shambles. Like It's progressed to a point where it's now destroying the family unity. It's ruining their health, their life, their marriage. Them, It's ruining them financially. It gets to this point of desperation, and I say the same phrase to everybody. Man, I wish I could put you in my back pocket and take you around with me for just one week. Mm-hmm. So that you could hear... The same story you just told me, the same holdups, the same stumbling blocks, the same roadblocks, the same problems that you just said in the words of someone else's mouth. Yeah. Because they would hear the same story over and over. And it's true. You sit down and meet with these people, whether it's a spouse, whether it's someone's child, whether it's someone's parents, the same exact thing is told over and over. There's been a process. Just like a loved one's addiction is progressive so it starts with something most often these days it starts with someone feeling unwanted feelings they don't they feel left out they feel sad they don't know where they fit in so they find release in things like vaping or pornography that's the most common sure. starting things these days
1: yeah. well they're easy to hide yeah and, yeah easy for to some access. people
0: it's alcohol for other everyone has a starting point and it always progresses okay addictions progress 100 of the time. But there's also this progression with the families. So in the beginning, every family starts by being a little bit naive or denying it. Right. Yeah. Oh, you know, we always give our loved ones the benefit of the doubt.
1: Yeah. Oh, they're just having a hard time. Yeah.
0: So there's this phase of denial and then things start to get bad. And so we kind of just avoid it. There's avoidance. You know, maybe we blame it on this or that or, okay, something unfortunate happens to them. And so we blame it on this over time. It gets worse and worse. Right. What their addiction does and this is where I've I've said this many times I'll say it again, addiction is the most fatal illness on the face of the planet. And it's the most terrible because there are plenty of fatal illnesses on the planet. Right. But there's none. None of them where the family more often argues, disagrees, ignores or fails to do something about than this. Right. If it's cancer, there's a tragic event. The family all comes together. They're unified immediately. Let's get the best doctor. Let's all support this. We're all in it. Yeah. When it comes to addiction, everyone just kind of goes at it in a different way. They disagree. They fail to do something. Some people are screaming, we got to help. They don't know what to do. Everyone argues and disagrees. And here is the kicker. addiction's the only fatal illness on the face of the planet where the person who is sick fights tooth and nail to stay sick. Yeah. I highly doubt. And
1: effectively does it. Effectively. Yeah.
0: This is the part of addiction that I want to really insert into people's minds. I'm not saying this because I read it in a book or textbook or learned it in a class. I'm saying it because I lived it. Drugs and alcohol, all of these addictions, sexual addictions, they change the way the person's brain works. This person's agency is gone. So all of their ability to deceive, manipulate, lie, cheat. They don't just do it with you. They do it with themselves. Mm -hmm. That is where it's so sick and twisted. So when we talk about waiting on this magical day, that's never going to happen. That is the only single fact that is true with every single family, 100% of the time. And it's okay. If you have a grandchild a child, a spouse, or someone whose addictions progressed. I know how you feel inside is the same way everyone feels, which is you feel bad. You feel frustrated. You saw signs earlier that you should have done something. There were indications or certain things that happened and you wished you would have jumped in or acted sooner before things got so bad. There is a progression with this person's addiction. There's a progression with the family's inability to help them. And it always comes to a point where eventually someone says, we got to do something. It's unbelievable how many times that the, someone reaches out says, hey, my brother. Hey, my spouse. Hey, my son. They just got locked up. They're on life support after getting into an accident. Dire, desperate situations. And still there's one person. It's usually a mom or it's usually a wife who's screaming from the rooftops. This is enough. We got to do something. Mm -hmm. even at this point where it's so bad and so ugly guess what happens the rest of the family other siblings maybe their sibling spouses other parent they still argue and disagree right most often the dad's like still they just need to knock it off like when are they going to wake up and realize they have a problem yeah never
1: right well, and they might be like, Oh yeah, for a minute, like, oh, this isn't working. Can you help me? And it's really just a way to manipulate into getting what they need or want at that moment. Yep. And that's what that's why I think so many parents just feel like, Why? Like, there's nothing we can do. There's yep. nothing I can do.
0: And here here's the deal. Addictions start with for many different reasons. They might have started because someone went through I mean, it's amazing. Sometimes people start out of curiosity. Maybe their addiction started a long time ago because they were just curious. Some friends introduced some things to them. And they were just curious. Okay, that's a wrong choice. It's a moral breakdown, but it happened. For others, it started because maybe they had some serious trauma. Maybe they were sexually abused. Maybe they were neglected, maybe they were abandoned. Serious things that kick-started this addiction. This is why to normal people to the general public addiction doesn't make sense. It doesn't play by the rules. It started for some reason. Let's just set that aside and say, who cares, right? Who cares why it started? Here's what it is now. And I'm going to stop right here and say, (sighs) there are so many things that we are bombarded with every day right now. Fears, fears about legitimate topics, right? Gun control. Yeah. Right. Viruses, the spreading of viruses. Grocery
1: prices, gas prices. Political
0: turmoil. We are bombarded with fear over certain topics. Now, yes, these topics, significant. Yeah. Important, critical. But there is nothing on the face of the planet, not one single thing, nothing, no issue, topic, subject, that is taking the lives of more people between the ages of 18 and 45, right? The core. Right. The core of our country, society. There's nothing taking the more lives than one single drug yeah, overdose to fentanyl yeah if you add in opioids prescription medication that comes from your doctor in a nice cute little brown bottle pharmacy yeah you're you're talking about close to a million people last year between those two things so here's the issue it's the number one killer and we're talking about drug overdose from fentanyl. That, that doesn't even include, if, think about if you included alcohol-related deaths right? from accidents, overdose from alcohol, all the other drugs out there, the benzos, the, the um, amphetamines, everything else that exists out there, <laughs> it would be astounding. Yeah. Yet nothing is said, nothing is talked about. So this this issue it, that your family is dealing with, someone in your family, let me just remind you that is Almost every single family.
1: Yeah, it, it actually is. And I think that's really, really important because everyone knows somebody who has a problem with this. Like every, every single person that I know is like, oh, yep, my my somebody in my family is dealing with this right now. And it's just so interesting because how many people in those families feel like they are supported, right? Like yeah. that they have some way to understand how to do this better. It's almost just like you kind of hope and pray and do your best and love, but that's about it, you know, and there isn't really a how to, how do I do this manual for all of these families?
0: Yeah. There's not in in this great state that we live in. There's, I think a few closed, a few have opened. There's roughly 60 different treatment centers to help people with substance abuse. But how do you get people to go there? The reason we started Living Proof is less than 10% of people with known addictions are ever getting help. So yet we have all these resources, places available. There's even a lot of institutions, churches, different groups that have funding available and no one is getting help Yeah, because you're right. There's no manual on how to do it.
1: Yeah. Well, unless you found us because we actually, that's what we do. That's what we're trying (laughs) to do is help
0: bridge the gap from what in the hell is going on to How do we start moving forward?
1: Yeah, I really, really feel for all of these families who have this going on because it is, I think the worst feeling in the world when, especially when you're, I can just talk from a place of a mother is feeling helpless. Like, you know, somebody that you love is drowning and you're throwing out like your best life preserver and they're not grabbing it and it just feels so heavy and you can't, not see it and you can't like, it won't go away. It's going to be there every day. And that's why I just love working on this end of things because we're able to actually say, no, you can do something different. Like it's going to require a ton of work for your entire family. You're all going to have to get on the same page, whatever. But when you do, it actually will create a bridge for this person. It will. If they... Are willing to at some point cross that bridge. It can lead to a complete transformation in their life. It really can.
0: It can lead to what it did for me, which is becoming the greatest, single greatest tool to help you become the best version of yourself. Right? Strips you down to nothing, and you rebuild. Yeah. You rebuild the person you are, but it's it's incredibly difficult. But
1: it's funny because all these families. Every time I have a conversation with somebody, it always starts the same way, and it's like you know, my daughter is amazing. And I'm like, no doubt. Like I, and you're probably the most amazing mom or husband or, you know, spouse or dad, whatever. It has nothing to do with the, the person. It has everything to do with this savage addiction that just takes over someone.
0: And again, it doesn't matter what it started, how it started. No. And it doesn't
1: even matter what it is, you know, cutting pornography, heroin whatever it in the end every family has to face that same stop sign that's just right in front of them correct and of course correct
0: i want to go over a few quick reasons that keep people stuck and then i also want to talk about the difference between people in addiction opposed to those going through seasonal trials right sure yes because we all do
1: uh, absolutely
0: right but most most people are held up for a few reasons my family was guilty of all of these there's hope we are so good at hoping hoping in things we cannot see that are true we hope that things will change that the, the next boyfriend or girlfriend or circumstance or change of location or school will cause us a change in our loved one that they'll course correct yeah we're so good at hoping that if we're faithful enough and we pray hard enough and we're diligent enough in our faith that they will change We're so good at hoping. Yeah. There's also fear. We're fearful that if we do something, we take action, it's going to make it worse. It's going to tip the scale, rock the boat. So we're fearful of of what will happen if we try.
1: Yep. Every person's worst nightmare is if I do something different, this person's going to die.
0: Correct. Well, you know what I did and what I've heard over and over is I used the fear.
1: You used it as a weapon. As a weapon. Yeah, absolutely. Hey,
0: if you try to do this or you help, I'm just going to kill myself. Right. Right. I'm just going to run. You'll never see me again. Yep. Those are some scary, fearful tactics.
1: Terror for any mother.
0: There's denial, right? It always starts with denial. Like, no, not my son. They know better. They're not like those people. It's just, you know, they're just having a rough time right now. Yeah. Everybody goes through that phase. There's blame. Maybe something unfortunate. Maybe your child was bullied. Maybe they didn't fit in. Maybe something really significant happened. So you, bl- you blame their behavior. They're drinking. They're vaping. All of these things that they're doing, you blame it on that unfortunate circumstance. Mm-hmm. All of these things just keeping you stuck. And then there's stigma. Stigma is the worst one. I don't care if your family's multimillionaires or not. If you're at the other end of the spectrum, everybody thinks that for some reason their family's different than everyone else. And their loved one is not like the people that goes and gets help. Right. Their loved right. one is not the same as these people who come out, pronounce to the world that they have a problem and that their loved one needs help. And oh my gosh, we failed as a family. Our loved one is an alcoholic. That is what keeps most people stuck for so long. Yep. They bury it. They avoid it. So we need to, as a society, get over this hurdle. There are millions and millions and millions of people struggling with their addictions, sexual addictions, closet drinkers, like hidden alcoholics, people abusing prescription medication from their doctors, those that are on the street using the hardcore illicit drugs. We need to help these people. And what I want to say in this moment is something I hope if you lead this podcast, you remember nothing but this thing right here. You're waiting on a magical day that is never going to happen. Your loved one is never, ever going to wake up one day and say, holy cow, my life is unmanageable and I need help. So stop waiting for that day. They are sick. They are beyond sick. They are held captive by one of the most brutal and evil and cruel things on the face of this planet that is manipulating and controlling them like a rag doll. Simultaneously, it has the power to inf- infect everyone else in the family. Now you and your spouse are separating emotionally because you both approach this differently. Your children are gaining resentments towards you because their other sibling gets all the time and attention because of their addiction. Stop the insanity. Please hear me when I say this. No one has a chance at recovery until someone intervenes. And what really sucks is how many people wait for that to be a judge or a casket. There can be something done. You are going to need help.
1: You know, we get multiple messages um, a day on on our Instagram, like kind of outlining a, a brief story and then what should I do? And it's so interesting because I'm like, let's just be really clear. The reason why we created our courses was not because we like to hear ourselves talk or we're trying to just self Actually self-fluff. hate it, actually. Um, the reason why is because there is a massive amount of people that are in the exact same position as the person writing that direct message. There is just a massive group of people that is like, Wanting to do anything, they would. They have actually probably jeopardized their own health already to try and help the person that they love, and nothing is working. And it's because addiction is a monster that nobody really quite can wrap their head around. Yeah, and that's why I just love. I love being able to say, "Sign up for the courses. Sign up for the courses," and I promise that just doing that will help you better understand how to approach the situation and how powerful a tool to share with the rest of your family. If you guys could all do that together, you would be in a completely different place to be able to approach this.
0: Oh, it's it's the best. When I meet with a family, a spouse or a parent who's already gone through the courses, our very first conversations are so powerful. Yeah. Often we only need to meet once or twice, maybe three times until they're off and running on their own. That's what I think is so amazing. Because the courses have got them already prepped so, we, yep. so they know exactly what's going to be expected. So,
1: yeah. And just so you guys know, these courses are like amazing because each course has like a piece of homework that goes with it. So you're really internalizing this information. We've, we've even had some people say, I did course one and I had to take a break because I was just trying to process everything that I had learned. And I'm going to have to start course to, you know, next week when I'm, when I'm ready. So it's just so powerful because they're not, you know, it's not going to be a full-time job to watch the courses, but when you do the information that we share and the tools and the principles that we're sharing are ones that you can immediately implement straight into your situation. Well,
0: it's because they were created for you
1: and, and open conversations with the rest of your family. Cause that's really where, where the tangle and the snarls are.
0: We sat down and, methodically thought through who's our target? Who are we trying to speak to directly?
1: Who needs this help?
0: And it wasn't your loved one that's suffering. We, I envisioned my mom and my dad when I was going through this, and I envisioned those rest of those in my family. And we, tar- we targeted the message to them, to help them empower this. Because here, again, I said it before, I'll say it again. If you haven't been through an addiction, if you haven't had an addiction to sexual things, substances, alcohol, you, it is impossible to comprehend the power. Mm-hmm. So you don't understand. You're looking at your loved one. I, it's amazing how many people I talk to who are looking at their loved one, almost wanting to just shake them or smack them. Like your life sucks.
1: Yeah, can't you just? You see? just got a
0: divorce. You just ruined your business. Your kids hate you. You're losing custody of them. What in the hell is wrong with you? That is how they look. They they don't even know what to do with themselves. They're so mad. Yeah. Understand.
1: That's the power of addiction. your
0: loved one is so sick. Yeah. And they are dying, and they will never they won't even drag themselves to get their chemo treatments if they knew that would save them. Mm -hmm. That's how serious this is. And I, before we finish, I do want to, there's a topic we said that we wanted to touch on and we didn't. Every family has children that deal with different things, different individuals in the family. Addiction cannot be confused with other seasonal trials.
1: Right? Absolutely. I, I mean, I think about like I went through, of course, after my divorce, I went through a period of depression. I was, I needed, Help! I shouldn't have been left alone like I needed a lot of of care um it it wasn't a lifelong thing right it was a situational thing for about six months to eight months I was I probably needed you know some help I took some medication to help pull me out of this I also went through a period of depression after I had all of my babies I had postpartum I knew that I knew I, I needed to be treated for it I did it. I knew it wasn't a long term thing. It was more of a short term thing. I I read a lot about it. I tried to do what I felt like was best. Th- things come up like that. Correct. In Kids develop diabetes. You know, um, different diagnoses, autism, and then you 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 figure out what you're dealing with. You right? we
0: do well, and it's it's that natural progression, right? Your child might've been bullied at school. They might've had a hard time. And so you change schools, you help them. Maybe the doctor even uses MAT, which stands for medically assisted treatment involved in that process. The point of this is at some point you did this with your loved one who has an addiction. You kind of handled it or treated it the same way. Great. That's awesome. That's what you should have done. That's it. That's a natural response, but you can, you know that it's different. Yeah. Right. This isn't a seasonal thing. This isn't a tragic event that's caused depression or some of these other terrible mental illness struggles that we have, you know, this is a problem. This is beyond that. So don't confuse it with that.
1: Right. Right.
0: All right. We've got to understand that if you don't do something, please, again, if you don't do something, you, yes, you, the parents, the spouse, maybe it's the kids. I recently worked with the most beautiful, incredible woman. She's a new mother and both of her parents. Mm hmm. Both of her parents who never in their life drank or did drugs of any type. Now in their late forties, early fifties had gone through a serious health challenge. One that almost took their life. The other had gone through serious financial ruin with, and both of them became addicted to prescription medication, progressed to the point where they're in a trailer park shooting heroin. So I was working with the daughter trying to save her parents. It comes at all angles. I'm pleading with you to tell you that it will never come that day you're waiting for the day you've been praying for the day you've diligently been on your knees begging for them to see the brutality of their life in a raw form that will cause them to change is never going to happen. They might wake up every day and see it, but it'll only be there for a few seconds until before
1: they get to check out.
0: And I'll tell you what, man, they get to go off into la la land every single day. So they're avoiding it. They aren't going to feel it's not going to happen. Right. Please get help. Please reach out to me, to us, to anyone else that you feel comfortable with and get some help.
1: Well, and if this is touching your heart in any way and you know somebody who's being really affected by it right now, send them this episode. We've had more people tell us, Oh my gosh, I listened to one of your episodes. And then I I listened to 20 in a row because it was like, you were talking about my family or about my sister's family, my sister,
0: whose son's doing this, you know? and And
1: so we, we want you to share it with others. More people need support. It is one enormous group of people who basically has no support.
0: The main goal is to get you at this point of confusion, this turmoil, get you to solid ground Point you in the right direction with the resources and tools that can help and help you support you along the way. Yep. That's the goal. We we can't, we cannot sit back and wait. That is why so many people in our country and our communities are just getting ran right over the top of, and far too many are losing their lives from because they're suffering from an illness that has them captive. Yep. And if someone else doesn't intervene, nothing will change. So it might be the scariest thing you ever do. It might be the most, it might be the most dangerous thing you ever do, but if you don't do it, it will be death or a judge who finally intervenes. Yep. So let us help you be the ones who intervenes to help so that your loved one can live a life where they become the true version of themselves. And I guarantee like myself, they'll all want to give back and help the other people suffering. So be brave enough to do this. Reach out. We'd love to help you. Yep. Anything else?
1: Just hop on the website. Look at, just watch a couple of the clips of the videos and you'll know exactly what you need to do.
0: Yeah. We love you guys. We, we thank you for your support and we hope you have a wonderful week.